Hello, and welcome to the Safety Gambit Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Polis. On this podcast, we explore the risks we take as humans and the culture of safety we create at home and at work as a result. The Safety Gambit invites you to take a more curious and holistic approach to transforming the culture of safety in your life, including bringing awareness to the impact of our safety decisions, the safety of our workplaces, the emotional and physical safety of our spaces, and the overall philosophy of safety. The Safety Gambit podcast will connect us, educate us, and I really hope empower each one of you to enact change and create transformation around safety for your family, your communities, and your workplaces. I think if we start with ourselves, then we can create a rippling effect of change to shift safety culture in many different areas. Oh my gosh, you guys, we're at episode 20. I said I would do this podcast for about six months and then I do a self-check-in and see where I'm at. Well, I'm still very much enjoying this and learning the new things that I can share with you and meeting all the great guests that I've had so far. It's been such a great experience and therefore I am going to continue. If you want to come on the podcast or know somebody who might be a good guest, please reach out. I am looking for uh, my next batch of guests. So send me an email or you can connect with me on social media. I would love to hear from you or anyone that you think might be a great fit. Before I dive in today, I want to share a new product that actually is quite in line with what I'm going to talk about today. And this product is from Scout and Cellar. They are a sustainable company that uses clean crafted practices for their wine and coffee and other products. So what does that really mean? What is clean crafted? It means they farm sustainably. They never use artificial processing aids or ingredients. They never add sugar and they test their products to ensure that they live up to the clean crafted commitment that they make. And this is one of the most rigorous standards for a product purity in the food and beverage industry. I love wine. And to me, having a glass of wine is about community and being social. And there have been times where I've, you know, tried to be healthier and doing a Whole30 or a sugar detox, and I've put kombucha or sparkling water in a wine glass. But ultimately, wine is something that I'm always going to come back to. I just love it while I'm cooking. And like I said, I just like having a glass to hang out with my husband or my friends and and other family. So as I'm evaluating products I use and consume, I want the cleanest versions that I can find. Scout and Cellar and their clean crafted mission actually just stuck out to me. If you're interested in trying it, I'll link a wine quiz in the show notes so that you can see what varietals might match your taste buds. I really find that this product just matches well with my mission of what I want for myself and my family. So trying out uh, clean crafted wine has been something that definitely was on my radar. While I don't drink coffee, my husband does, and he also really enjoys the Scout and Cellar coffee. So you can give uh, either of those products a try. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer those. So feel free to email me or reach out, and I would love to talk about it. Well, this wine talk leads me, like I said, into the topic that I have for today, and that is sustainability, but not just any old sustainability. I want to talk about the human element of sustainability today. And as I'm venturing down this path of total worker health and human aspect of safety, I find sometimes I'm at a loss for words or the right way to describe something. And 
Sustainability definitely is a word that many people will associate immediately with the environment. Recycle, reuse, reduce, and all that comes with making our overall environment sustainable for the growing population and the demand humans place on Mother Earth. And if you research human sustainability, you might find a lot of research on how to sustain human life on this planet for the generations to come. Will there be enough food, etc., water for the human population that is obviously growing. But today I want to talk about sustainability as it relates to you as a human, but also as a spouse, a parent, a child, an employee, a leader, or whatever titles you give yourself. My question to you today is, could you sustain what you are doing at the same level and pace for the long term that you're doing it today? So that's your work, your hobbies, your kids' schedules, whatever you do daily, weekly, monthly. I'm sure you've heard the term, our kids are overscheduled, or you feel overscheduled. But what does that really mean when it comes to your happy, healthy life? I remember having a conversation with my husband before everything shut down for the for the pandemic and saying, something has to give. I was feeling so maxed out and just a lot of pressure. Could we keep up at that pace for much longer? I felt like something had to give, almost like the tension of the world was just about to burst. And funny, not so funny, it sort of did, right? When the pandemic shut everything down. Now, three plus years later, have we learned anything from that forced shutdown or shift in our outer world? In revisiting that conversation with my husband recently, we agreed things have gotten equally, if not more, crazy in a lot of senses. So the question again I have for you today is, is your life sustainable? Do you want to sustain it long term? So maybe you're thinking, yeah, I can do this for a little bit. Okay, the school year started. I can maintain this for a season, a semester, maybe the year as your kids start doing new activities, or maybe you take up a new hobby or you're doing something new for work. Maybe it's a short-term commitment and you can sustain the crazy pace, but are you looking at it long-term? Are people more focused on the short-term goals and maybe not so much on the long-term goals now? Did you know that the 40-hour work week came into law in 1940 with overtime for more hours than that 40 hours, except for salaried positions, which you know what that is. The work gets done when it gets done, and you might have to work more than 40 hours to get that done. But as a salaried position, you go into that knowing that you're not going to get paid overtime. So that's more than 80 years ago, and this is still very much how the workforce still operates. There's been a lot of discussion recently about a four-day work week or varying schedules. There's a lot of hybrid uh, models going on now, especially after the pandemic. More work from home and, and just overall remote jobs. Less working hours and more hours for us to live our lives seems to be the biggest topic of conversation. People are demanding more for themselves and more from their employers. But again, is this sustainable? Some companies are demanding a return to their offices. If that's something that you don't desire, is your workplace willing to entertain other options? Or is it just not sustainable for you to work remote for that job that you have? While we know bringing on new people to organizations is one of the most costly business expenses, will companies look at that in the eyes of sustainability and sustainability of the workforce? 
This do more with less mentality is just not sustainable and leads to more unsafe risk-taking, more stressful work environments, and more health issues. Are companies willing to take that risk? Are you willing to take that risk? This brings me back to work-life integration. As we know, balance is out and integration is in. But with that integration, it takes due diligence to sustain our lives, our workforce. Safety in the workplace is a regulatory requirement, but the care for our employees' mental well-being is becoming imperative to sustain a positive culture, which then will lead to the ability to reach our sustainability goals across the board. Human physical and mental safety is a part of that that we cannot ignore. How many times do you eat lunch at your desk? How about check emails before you go to bed? Remember when working late or long hours used to be a badge of honor? I still think many people believe this. I used to when I started my career, but this could be also a generational thing, where the newer generations don't buy into this belief anymore, thank goodness. Working this way, is it sustainable? The average worker gets 100 plus emails a day. What about the notifications that we all get? We're always available between smartwatches, flags on emails, notifications on our phones, messenger apps on our computers, getting pinged all day long, disruptions and distractions. Each person on average is getting distracted 50 to 60 times a day. We've all been trained to respond immediately, stop, look, see what the ding was all about. A huge giant experiment in the Pavlovian response. Technology has trained us quite well, if I might say so. Many corporations are starting to incorporate more wellness benefits and offerings to their employees. However, a challenge is if the workforce is stressed out, burned out, and not feeling empowered to take advantage of those benefits, nothing will change except more disgruntled employees. And why is that? Well, because we are not truly looking at the root causes for why people are stressed out at work or feeling burnt out. More root cause analysis needs to be done as to why there are long hours being required or why there is limited workforce or continued staffing issues. Why do employees not feel supported by their leaders or feel empowered to bring up concerns? The human element of sustainability is where meaningful and lasting change takes place. We can no longer silo employee health and safety, ESG, or the CSR initiatives. There is a human element that if left out, will have a hugely negative impact on the company's sustainability overall and workplace culture. For example, many companies have scaled back corporate travel or switched to more sustainable materials, but those actions alone don't ingrain sustainability into the workforce. Humans are the conduits for material and lasting change and fundamentally shape a company's energy and social impact. Recent studies are showing that worker compensation costs have increased significantly for mental health claims. This is also the fuel for more discussion around mental and emotional health for our workers. Sustainability must be looked at holistically. It must be part of the purpose, strategy, and culture of a company. Think of your family or your life outside of work too. Evaluate how sustainability can be a part of your purpose and your culture as a family or as an individual. Sustainability priorities should be integrated into how and why organizations operate at all levels throughout the business, and if they want to see behavior change that is needed to drive these tangible outcomes. You as a human, are you expanding more energy than you have? Are you leading from a half full cup? Are you giving more than you have to give? In in the name of what? In the name of success or in the name of somebody else's success? How are you rejuvenating? How are you filling your cup back up? 
And is what you're doing now sustainable to continue this pace into the future? There is a high demand on corporations to achieve tangible and amazing outcomes. The only way to do this is to focus on the human element. This includes having the right technical skills, preparing people with the right soft skills, aligning the human skills to the goal, making work better for humans, and designing overall human sustainability. Businesses plan to last in this environment through sustainable practices. And now they also need to prioritize the human element in order to sustain a workforce and a culture to help them have social impact. According to a study by the Deloitte Economics Institute, there will be an increase in 300 million jobs globally by 2050 in order to transition to net zero. But sustainability skills are both technical and human in nature and cannot be overlooked. Organizations need to support people's individual potential and help them become healthier, more skilled, and more connected to the purpose and belonging of their company and of their purpose. This also aligns well with the four pillars of the human aspect of safety that I talk about. Along with company goals, there is also pressure for companies to support individual potential. You are also responsible for your own potential and happiness outside of work. And part of that is evaluating if what you are doing is sustainable long-term. I've mentioned my personal hazard assessment and circle of human safety before. This is a great place to start to evaluate what is sustainable for you in your life, including your work life and outside of work. Go back and listen to those previous episodes on that process or reach out if you have any questions. You can also download both of the PHA, the Personal Hazard Assessment Table, and the Circle of Human Safety on my website. This only touches the surface of human sustainability, but I hope you take something away from this topic today and see how it applies to your life. What sustainability practices are supporting you as a human to live a safe and healthful life in and outside of work? Thank you for listening. Please share, review, and rate the show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music so you don't miss out on any episodes. See you next time.